Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. So let's describe where we are. Uh, we are at Anchor. Uh, we left Cagliari this um, noontime. <laughs> Cagliari, Sardinia. Sardinia. Uh, we arrived in Sardinia and Cagliari on Sunday morning. Monday, Tuesday, we spent almost three days over there. And we'll talk about why. <laughs> yeah. And um, and we decided to leave Cagliari after having seen very little except the hospital. And now we're at Anchor. And uh, in this little bay, uh, about two hours. What's uh, it called? Uh, 15 nautical miles uh, southeast from Cagliari. It's called, uh, G- I don't know the pronunciation. <laughs> Genomaritori Gen- della Stella. Yeah. Genoma- it, it has a good ring to it. Genomaritori della Stella. Stella. Say, that, say that five times fast. So it turns out we're anchored maybe over a statue of Jesus. <laughs> we just found out. <laughs> we just is... found out there's a dive site, which um, might explain why on Navli it says restricted area. Or is that on the other side? No, it's just uh, no, it's restricted along the shore, but we mm. can we can anchor yeah, where we can. But uh, okay, so we're, we're not are. over the statue of Jesus. Uh, but there's a statue <laughs> of Jesus uh, yeah. that is like yeah, just we're not over, but we we're, didn't even know it. We're really close, yeah. Maybe yeah, uh, maybe it's a sign we need to have faith or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We we'll have to check it out. Tomorrow. Anyway, it's pretty in here. It's um. It's lots of rock, like it's rocky. It's like a rocky coastline, little beach, and then there's a bunch of dingy moorings, I guess, where the only people anchored, which is always unnerving when you see you're the only sailboat. Like, is there a reason why? Maybe it's the statue of Jesus. I don't know. Anyway. Well, it's two ways, yeah. On one way, you're like, oh, okay, are we doing the right thing? (laughs) But on the other side, it's like, oh. Yeah, great. We get the anchorage yeah. for ourselves. And, I mean, there's a lot of uh, little, yeah, little kind of like houses and stuff. And yeah, but um, but it's yeah. it's been like this the last what week or so. We like we feel like newbies. Like I don't know, should we be here? Are there no other boats? And some other well, things have happened with which we'll share all about. But I feel can, like it's newbie week. So we have a lot to cover. So let's go back. So we did the Gibraltar to uh, Mallorca trip. And in Mallorca, we spent a couple weeks finishing up projects. Weeks? That much? Yeah. I mean, a week and a half at least. Okay. I mean, time flies, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Luik left. So Luik was sort of helping us customize some things and set up some things and fixing problems and teaching us stuff, which meant sort of our training wheels are gone. And so we want to kind of talk about that and talk about what our first double-handed passage was like from Mallorca to Sardinia, which wasn't very long. It was two days, mm-hmm. roughly. So it was a good kind of starter adventure with just the two of us. 
And then we had some things happened when we got to Sardinia and we spent some time in a hospital. So that's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the projects we finished up. Any Anything come to mind? I mean, you guys are working on so many things at once. I couldn't even tell what was going on and being finalized. But a lot of stuff got done there in the last couple of days before we left. Yeah, it was... Uh crunch time <laughs> and it felt like a lot of little things and it, it didn't feel like they were break fix things it, it just felt like they were finalizing this and adding this little doohickey bopper over here and um we had the issue with the or the second spinnaker halyard started chafing and he had to show us how to splice and put a cover on it and yeah. we were chasing down line and stuff like that so it was, it was like little it was things like this that um, well, I guess that's kind of important. You want that fixed. <laughs> but for the most part, they were smaller things, right? Well, they were smaller but important projects. Um, smaller in the sense that the beginning to end was manageable as opposed to some of those projects where you start and then you have to stop and because you're missing some parts or you're uncovering an issue or an issue that snowballs other issues and those, those kinds of were more um getting getting it done yeah and pri- prioritizing basically uh, we had many more projects mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have liked to get done mm-hmm. but at one point uh, it's good to have a deadline and really prioritize and and, mm-hmm. and the projects that we that are we kind of prioritized the projects where we required some specific tools that uh, Loic uh, had brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we prioritized the projects where uh, if you have just two people on board, right. um, it's going to be helpful to have mm-hmm. some things done. Prioritize the things, you know, like prevent preventive stuff. So um, let's say if we have an issue with the... Um, with uh, starting our engine because there's an issue with the MDI box. Uh, so far, so good. But you know, it's just having a little a little switch to help with yeah, the starting. All that stuff, yeah. So there, there's stuff. The thinking was okay. Now we're two people. Now we are limited. We have some tools, but you know, and mm-hmm. limited knowledge. Um, so let's focus on those projects. So those those got wrapped up pretty quickly, and then it was sudden. He sort of left and. I was like, oh, he's gone. Yeah, because we arrived beginning of July, and Loic left at the end of August. So arrived was, in France, yeah. Yeah, so we basically spent two months together. I know, <laughs> I know we're like family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one month, uh, a little bit more than one month yeah. in France, in La Rochelle, and the rest has been, you know, doing passage or... Yeah. Or moving the boats all the way to, uh, right. to Mallorca and doing doing boat projects on the go. So yeah, after two months, I mean, you get you get used used to, to each other, yeah, to each other. And to he's rhythm. so nice and pleasant to be with. Just smart and knew a lot of things we didn't know about the oh, systems it's, and it's, all the dark secrets of the boat. Yeah, and it's super super helpful. Oh my god, um, it's. I, I mean, unless you've had already. Uh, catamaran from yeah. Fontaine Peugeot uh, and you know that's maybe the second one then you know maybe you know a lot of stuff but even if you sailed before I mean every boat is different uh, if you will go from monohull to catamaran it's different 
to know i mean to know where things are to know just simple things are like what apps are useful uh, what uh, charts right. for the med what you know pilot books what uh, i mean it's like hundreds of things that if you're on your own, you would have to you're go, going to spend yeah, time. Yeah, like here's an example. Um, he gave us sort of at the end, very end, we recorded on video also a bunch of, he gave us like a t- tour, like, okay, here's where everything is. He had already sort of been doing that. But like, for instance, I heard this really weird sound in the pump, mm. right? The water pump. And I was like, what's with the pump? And it just didn't sound right. And it was going for a longer period of time. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he lifted up the um, floorboard. floorboard and and it was this weird clog in the uh, sump pump, I guess. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, obviously we know there's a pump on the boat and we push the switch and the pump goes on and we hear the pump going on, but we didn't actually know where it was. We didn't know. So he lifts it up and there's no water in it and then, you know, we clean it and it's done. So it sounds so dumb, you know, but these things that when you get a boat, you're not thinking about these things, you know. Well, plus now you have to troubleshoot one thing. Yeah. So you have to get the manual. You have to go online like, and ask questions. What am I supposed to be doing? This where was resolved in two, two minutes. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so fast. Versus it would have taken at least two hours. And, um, and then what happens is it's two hours, especially when you're shorthanded, that, you know, you, the more of that knowledge that you have, yeah. the less time, you, you, the more time you have to focus on navigation about, yeah. you know, you know, all kind of stuff. Yes. So this is, I think, the main message around someone like Loic, which is after commissioning, you know, where you go through your boat delivery from the manufacturers after the, your broker does the commissioning. There's another phase. And um, he probably accelerated our understanding of the boat and our knowledge by what, like six months a year? At least, yeah. Probably. In addition to all yeah. the things he added that helped it, help that we would have needed to add at some point, right? Yeah, all the custom projects that are make today or making our life easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every time you know we have to do something, and I'm like, oh, it's so nice to have that. Otherwise, you will be like on your list. Oh, one day I need to do this, right? And then you need to it's spend like, the time, spend the time, and actually do it. Yeah, but you have other things to do. Yeah. So, what so do you think, nice. though? Like a year? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think it's kind of what he over time over a year and a half on, uh, on, on the a, previous boat yeah. yeah so at least a year uh, because on the previous boat that was new and a lot of learning I mean but, we uh, still have a long way to go in terms of learning but just in terms of accelerating that yeah. I think so the advice would be find someone to help you if you want a fast start if you want to figure it out on your own and everything that's a different journey yeah. Um, and if for have, us, yeah. I think it was really, really helpful because, um, and you and I were talking about this earlier today, I'm not coming in at a knowledge level that you have. Like, we're, we're, we're coming into this at a different place, but at the same place on some things, like the systems. Like, you're not familiar with some of these systems either. On, yeah, the body's yeah. new and, right. and to us, and, and then even, you know... But for when you charter boats, you need to know a certain level of yeah. <laughs> um, knowledge of the boat. But here, it's like you have to be able to troubleshoot fixing mm-hmm. stuff or, or preventing for things mm-hmm. to go wrong. So all that knowledge you need to acquire. Yeah. So either, I mean, if you bring the boat to where you leave, 
and you're going to you have, have the, the boat time. for a year and yeah. you have the time, it's different. If you pick up the boat... Um, and you intend to sail it. In yeah. a different country. Yeah. Um, that's another challenge. Yeah. I mean, everything takes much, much longer. and, and um, Nothing's in to, the language you speak. I mean, yes. parts at the store, groceries yeah. at the store anyway. So so, so you end up spending, spending a, lot a lot of time. time yeah. And, and, uh, and that's, I think, the other part is not just getting us up to speed on the boat um, and also accelerating my knowledge to levels that maybe, you know, you're already at. It's that initial level, it takes, it take it tones down the initial level of stress, I mm-hmm. think, at least on me, mm-hmm. um, because I'll be totally honest and I'm going to do a completely separate podcast by myself on this. I feel like a complete dumbass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I feel, I mean, I, I'm just, my head's in a different place, you know, um, not being fully transitioned yet. Um, and also just not being familiar with having as much sailing or passage experience, not kind of having confidence, frankly, in, in what I'm doing yet. So, yeah, so I think there, so I think that's really good advice. Another thing uh, that is easy to disregard also because we moved on, but boats are going to have problems. Right. And it's about uncovering the problem at the right time and, and then knowing how to fix it. Quickly. So yeah. leaving La Rochelle, um, Loic uncovered that you know our cell drives had water in it. Right. We would have not noticed that. Yeah. Uh, because you're thinking of a hundred. Yeah, we talked things, about this but, at the yeah, last podcast. But you miss yeah. one thing that could have been staying in La Rochelle for like you know for a long period of time or being or stuck ca- somewhere. maybe caused bigger issues because yeah. we didn't catch it or so whatever. So there was, it was that. There is the steering. Uh, the steering cables, mm-hmm. you know, little screw that's just so so small, but that created that uh, the shifting uh, mm-hmm. became really hard. And most likely it would have been stuck at one mm-hmm. point. You know, you come. So we ended up having to replace all the cables and all of that yeah. stuff in, so, in Mallorca, right? And if you don't have, I mean, you know, I don't know how many loics are there <laughs> with the boat knowledge and everything that it brings to the to the table, but uh, you know, suddenly you can resolve that issue uh, rather quickly and not, you know. As opposed to now, you're relying on some technician in Somewhere Spain. Who may not know. be familiar with your, yeah. your boat. And then we've yeah. seen this with, for example, with just the little experience to try to get access to an outside technician because we thought for a Volvo engine, the first 200 hour, we will get it done by Volvo. And then we spent three or four days running around trees with Volvo reps, like not giving us a straight answer on what the cost would be. Yeah, well, yeah. giving in prices like we had to pay fifteen to seventeen hundred euros to do just basically an oil change, an oil and change, shake and they're like, the oh, you have drive. to pay for all these parts that we're going to bring because we're going to find stuff to fix, and so you have to pay for all these parts, and we're like. But we don't need the parts. It was a total scam. It was a scam. It's they wanted us to pay like, you know, fifteen, seventeen hundred euros up front. And and then they but we said all these things you're bringing up here to potentially change, that's part of the four hundred hour check. Right. Not the two hundred hour. 
but they are like trying to talk you into this because they don't want to come to a boat to just spend two to just charge 200 euros for, for that. oil change right so they want to find some other but on issues. the other hand if if you don't go through a dealer for the oil change then the next time something's wrong they'll be like oh you didn't use the dealer yeah. so well, you know it's not but the, but covered was, anymore in the warranty that, or whatever and the interesting thing where you really see that they're working the system in this way right. is that in the morning, when I was talking to the person, she confirmed that they will do the job either on Friday or at the latest on Monday. And after we called the second time the technician to say, we really don't understand, you know, yeah. <laughs> there is a discrepancy between what you're saying, you're bringing and we're asking us to pay. And, you know, and then suddenly it's like, oh, we have an urgency and yeah, we don't have like, time. Oops, so, later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, so that, that would really be weird. a good example like here with a Volvo like structured you know a checklist of exactly what to do we spend four days yeah. running around and and basically not getting the job done unless we would have paid like yeah. five times the price so that's more. an example it's we were yeah. we were surprised we thought you could just go to the Volvo dealer anywhere and get get yeah. anyway so it's it's complex so he was helpful Luik was helpful and and just just maneuvering through that a little bit and going, okay, this is how this works. You know, like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is what you need. And you know, yeah. So. so he left, he left quickly because he was finishing up on a couple things and then boop, he was gone. And I was like, Oh, he's gone. And then you and I were here and we're sitting on the boat by ourselves. And we had never been on the boat by ourselves. Not, not away. Like we had been on the boat in La Rochelle. Well, <laughs> workers were on the boat, and Loic was on the boat during the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was just sort of this weird feeling, and so we left then almost immediately, like a yeah. an hour or so later, and 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 we came to Sardinia. So that was our first passage. So how mm. did you feel about? And we made some mistakes. We we did a little day. Day trip, yeah, and towards Sardinia, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. Um, we stopped and anchored. We took our time. We anchored, and um, and then we uh, waited the next day yeah. to uh, to leave on this passage. It was a beautiful day, and it was a beautiful anchorage. Um, so we take off, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna make some water. We're gonna do this. We're gonna like, okay, we're a couple hours go by, making lunch, okay, or whatever it was, dinner, and then okay, we were looking at the. Um, the watch schedule and we're gonna go on got that all right did anybody open the tanks okay we're gonna open the tanks we open the tanks and we're like oh shit we're making water <laughs> forgot because it was started two hours before <laughs> so it's like let's check that box open the tank oh and yeah that was really so. stressful because we were like wait does that mean like there's shit in our water or are, do we have to empty empty the water tanks down start all over like do we and we didn't have chlorine tabs which is another thing we need to get i'm sure oy, it happened oy, to oy. everybody i'm once. sure it happens once once yeah. you make them that mistake you never do it again you probably uh, yeah until you have guests and you have to tell them like, yeah <laughs> you're making we're making water <laughs> so of course <laughs> the first thing we do is we i i got on the iridium go and i sent louis a text message i'm like are we going to get E. coli? <laughs> so we described what happened. He said, looked at the filter. He's like, no. Because the, I guess it's surface level. And Yeah, I mean, the the risk, the the water intake for the water maker, it's, it's uh, below the engine compartment. So it's like, you know. It's pretty know. low. It's probably like half a meter below water. Uh, maybe more. Maybe more, yeah. Um, 
so and then we're moving at six seven knots at yeah. the time and um and then when you empty the tank i mean so it kind of plops not, on the it top it was just like a one yeah. day at the most tank it, also it was not like you it know, filled up to the top <laughs> yeah it wasn't yeah. but yeah uh so we we debated for a while so we were drinking bottled water for a while and there were, and then we filled back up the then we turned the water um maker on again and we added more water and then after that we we're like eh it's fine. Yeah. I mean, the filter been, was fine. It was like yeah. all, it's not like it sucked up. It was a, big, a brand new filter. Yeah. <laughs> and one way it was good, it was brand new yeah. because I could see it was still white. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one of those moments like, oh, yeah. what just happened? <laughs> so, well, now we know yeah. you can empty your tank while making water. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so that that was how, the, how it kind of started. And then um, how did you feel about the three hours on three hours off i feel like you didn't sleep enough no i think the three hour on three hours off is is fine the the first day i think because you leave midday and you you know the rule is always get onto your watch schedule right away but you're going around the coast it's beautiful and the days are fine it's more night like you kind of dilly-dally you know when between transitions and then next so i think yeah the first day i mean you it's fine but then that night i think we were good but then it accumulates you know and um and uh so i think the yeah we probably i mean it's a two-day passage you can you can make it but it's important to stay so we did a switch we did a switch and it was like nothing you know it was my watch and nothing was happening and by that time we were motoring because there was no wind yeah or so, we had the uh, general yeah, yeah, yeah. so we, we, that was we were motoring because we needed to make some time because you and then you found a there. thunderstorm and then me. yeah just five minutes we we change and then you say nothing to report and yeah. then um, yeah so after and so that, let's let's just paint a picture of, of what the what the um, the watch transitions like. You come up and you're like, so, what's been going on? And give me all the details. And did you write in the logbook? And la la la. And you're asking me all these questions. I'm like, I'm out. And I just want to leave and go to bed. <laughs> so you don't get much of a transition. Yeah. But there was nothing to report. Yeah. So, so then I come back up after it's time for me to come on watch. And you're like, did you hear all the thunder and lightning? And I'm like, no. I was completely out. Yeah, didn't hear a thing. That's so, good. At yeah. Least, um, so I yeah. think you were you were fired up after that. So you had trouble going back to sleep. All right. So let's get to the drama. Um, so the next thing that happened is we arro- we arrived in the morning and we had to come into the marina because in Cagliari because we had appointments to get a COVID test and the we didn't know how long it was going to take to get the test results back. It could have been 24 hours. It could have been whatever. But the other places we wanted to go, we don't have a car, obviously. And it's not like these are pretty rural areas. So it's not like rural? <laughs> rural-ish. Like right now, like, oh, I want to oh, yeah. get an oh, Uber. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, you, no. Like if we're at, an, if we're at Anchor, yeah. right? So what we decided was to go into Cagliari, which is a big port. And it, it, it's mm-hmm. the capital of Sardinia, is my understanding. And so it's big. And so we decided just we'll stay at the marina for a day or two. We'll get our results, and then I had like the major announcement at at my job, so I had work to do and and important calls and meetings, so it kind of coincided with that. So we went, 
And the plan was to to go get the test and then basically be out of there and then go on our merry way. So we show up we show up at the uh, marina, uh, Portus uh, Carialis, Corrales. How do you say? something like this? Corrales, yeah, Port, Portus Corrales. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, "Yeah, we're ready for you. Here's your slot. Here's your spot." And he kind of takes us to our spot, and I'm like, "Oh my God, that's a tiny little spot." And on one side was a Helia 44, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know another Fountain Pichot, which was cool. And on the right-hand side was a classic wood luxury yacht, which was probably 70 feet, 65 feet? 65. Okay, so what happened next? Uh, We're trying to squeeze in that... I mean, we've been in tiny space. Gibraltar's space Gibraltar. was tiny, but yeah. there was a finger pier on the yeah. other side. There was another boat. Yeah. So where else? It was. It was. Uh, oh, when we the second time or the third time um, in Palma, that was between two monoholes. That was also a little tiny, but this was really, really like tight. And um, it was so tight that. Um, the fenders overlapped on both sides of the boat. So yeah. this is the first problem. Um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there, there is basically, I mean, once you're in, okay, yeah, you have one set of fender. <laughs> they overlap. You're squeezed in. You're squeezed in there. But to get in there on top of that... The fenders had to move. Well, one, right. they had to move. Number two... Um, there is the line. Um, I forgot the mooring line. Yeah, the mooring line uh, on the helia that is going, you know, towards the spot where we're going in. And uh, I don't know, like, how at an angle it goes in the water. And yeah, so, we're just not familiar yet with like when well, to be concerned about the prop, right? I think, well, yeah, we need yeah. to ask because you know I'm, I'm assuming. I'm looking that, at it going, yeah, that's going to get caught. So right. on one way, we have to be really, really close to the hill yeah, on the starboard side because one, that's the side I can see. Yeah, <laughs> we said that's where the side the helm is, and then you just come as close as possible to the starboard side, and you hope the space is large enough that it fits on the other side. On the side. Right. And uh, so. So what happens next is the guy from the marina. Um, well, first the spot, yeah, is, is so so tiny. They says I'll pull. I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll help you. I'll pull the helia out a little bit to create some. Space. So he's in his tender in front of the helia, and he's um, got his engine on the tender pointed towards us, right? So what well, he was going to do is he was going to have his engine be on, pulling the helia over to pull the helia. Helia to the side, so we could, I guess, squeeze in. Have a little more. Have space. a little. I mean, but come on. I mean, <laughs> uh, that was like a what a five horsepower engine. I mean, it wasn't even. Come on. Yeah, and so, the line is still there in the water, so you cannot come that close. So, the wash basically, as you were backing in, because you were backing in perfectly straight, the wash pushed the port stern basically well, straight into the yacht. Yes. Well, he's pushing us with Zindingi, pushing against the hull. Oh, he pushed against the hull. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's pushing with his dinghy. Okay, so you describe what happened. Yeah, so we make the approach. And I want to be, like I said, as close as possible to the Ilya on the starboard side, because that's the side I can see. And I know this space is really, really tight, but to come really close to the Helia, first we have to get our the stern on the starboard side over that line. So it, it's just kind of nerve-wracking because if it's line, you catch, <laughs> the, yeah. the line gets into the prop because you don't know underwater right. which way it goes. Some go straight, some go at an angle. So you just have to gauge that. And so the first approach, I was like, mm, that's a little too close. Yeah. So kind of go out of the, um, um, uh, we do the approach, come back again, but still with the aim of like mm-hmm. s- being really snug with the FP. And and again, that's like really, really tight. And the second time... And he was time, looking at you going, you're fine, you're fine. And I was looking at the line and I'm like, I don't think this is fine. Yeah. You know? And so the second time I come out and I think I said something is <laughs> too... It's too small. Yeah, yeah. But not in those terms. <laughs> <laughs> and basically like, you know, so then um, he says, I'm going to help, help you, you yeah. with with the dinghy so he started to basically push us into that spot kind of at an angle and the problem after that comes that so instead of being perfectly aligned suddenly our stern you know i think his assumption was the offenders on the other side on this big yacht. This big yacht. Because there were huge fenders. Oh, they were huge fenders. Yeah. So his assumption is like, I'm pushing you against that big boat. The fenders are going to block you. That's going to clear your space for the line. And then you you'll go, be fine. You go yeah. reverse in. The problem is this yacht has fenders way higher. Too high. I yeah. mean, they're big, they're long, but they're hanging higher than our freeboard. Right. And, and even higher than our... I mean, um, our higher, like, how can I say that? They're, they're long enough uh, that if we're, like, side by side, they protect both boats. Yeah. The problem is the stern, the height is... Low. It starts with the step, and then right. it goes up, and yeah. then it goes up to the highest point of the freeboard. So, what so there's happens, no protection. Because there right. is space is so tight, and these pushing us against the other boat as we're backing out basically our stern is scooping up the fender <laughs> so the fender is not between the two boats that's right and it, it's scooping up the right. long fenders and now these fenders are like not useless, there. useless. It's, they weren't there and so i was over there at the time because i was seeing what was happening and um i had the floating fender and i was like wow we're gonna you know, at this rate, we're going to very quickly hit the boat. And I was like, okay, stop, stop, you know. And, um, and as I was, I was looking at what was going on, I was focused on the, uh, the stern the step, step basically, the, yeah. basically hitting at their boat at the waterline. Because mm-hmm. the other thing about the yacht is that's different than a catamaran, obviously, is the catamaran is square. And the this yacht in particular is like curved hull. Well, especially on the bow side, you know, yeah. once you pass the bow, it's pretty it, straight. Yeah. Kind of. 
but on the bow it's, it's an like, incline kind of yeah. yeah okay so that was happening so so our stern was scooping up their fenders over our stanchion oh, yeah what, what do we call these things the, the lifelines the, the stanchions the stanchions well i thought the oh the lifelines because i always confuse the lifelines with the actual lifelines which are called the jack lines which mm. should be called lifelines that's why i get that confused but anyway so their their fenders were getting caught on our lifelines basically and also on our cleats which was weird cuz our cleats are on top of the boat. So then what happened oh, inside yeah. inside yeah. So what happened basically is as I was focused on the stern not hitting, you know, blocking the stern from hitting their hull at the waterline, the cleat that was a way above my head that was up by the back of the boat where you where you hook on the um, the mooring lines basically scraped the side of their boat. Yeah, it, it it was just like the perfect angle. Oh, it was just it, I mean, yeah. I mean, there was there hard. was no fender there. Even there was no protection. It, it, the the cleat like, is like at least two inches inside the boat, <laughs> so you're like you would never imagine that happening. How how, how is it that yeah. the cleat that is like inside a boat like scraped? You know, about what six inches or of their hull like that's coming it's kind of like their hull comes over a boat how clean it's like it was it. like the perfect disaster yeah. and i mean i don't even know how we could have even um, um yeah to just say we're not we're not mooring here it's yeah i mean that was the i mean but lesson learned and wow it's probably going to be expensive i mean he 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 came up they ended up being a really nice couple but he was pissed off. Well, it, it was not so much pissed about the the scrape. Like it was, it was uh, pissed about the drama to get it fixed because it's yeah a, because it's um it's a boat. It's an Italian type boat that is uh, made in certain type of wood. So it's not like you have somebody around the corner. Well, he kept saying it. it's not like fiberglass. You can't just put gel coat on it, yeah. you know. And I understand that. Um, but yeah, so so that's logistically it's going. To, I mean, we were on the receiving end we were, two months ago, yeah, and um, it's not fun. And um, and in this case, yeah, it I wasn't mean, fun at all. And, and you know, the difference was though these other guys that did it to us, they like they were they did it. We were on the boat when it happened, and they were sitting there denying it when we could see the gel coat on their. You know, that wasn't the case with us. We yeah. said, we this is what we did. We're sorry. Here's our insurance mm. information. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. But I still, I felt so, so, so bad. But, yeah, some takeaways from this is, is just, yeah, we sh I think from moving forward, um, we just, I mean, we give the dimension of the boat. But, um, I mean, even coming out today, because the fenders... Yeah, we're coming out and the fenders caught each other. Because the fenders are literally... You, I mean, you can't fit without the fenders sort of bumping each other and overlapping each other well, not, on either side. They're not even... Yeah, they are really, really overlap. There's a space on each side of the boat. And so for then like they like lock in because they pull on yeah. each other, you know. It's just, so yeah. it's just not... We need to be able to say no. We need yeah. to say, you know what, we're not going to... How, how wide is your space? Yeah. And we need to be able to say, you know... Because well, they're always going to say, oh, it'll fit it'll be fine yeah so i think the point is to just say no we're not we're not yeah. going to um, find us another space and if you're not then we'll go to another marina yeah. and i think uh, that would be the best lesson than, than trying to squeeze in 
uh, in the space that yeah. you know and it's and it would be different if it were two similar boats but the fact that you know you have this overhang on these type of boats and it's just you know yeah it uh, was really a weird configuration and a super weird situation and mm. not at all and there were tons of lessons learned um but i can i feel like an idiot so um there's that and then we sort of brooded about it for the next day i think we were both depressed and (laughs) didn't feel good about it yeah i mean you know it's a bummer you want to kind of learn from it but you want to be able to take it back like yeah yeah. do a do-over like oh i wish we would have said i mean the second time i i said it's just too Tight. We just need to be able and, to walk away, and we need, yeah, yeah, we need to be able to say yeah. no. We're not going to, and there was. Well, you live and you learn. Remember, you know, so there so. was that, and then, um, so the next, so was it the next day? Then we had the Monday. appointment for the uh, COVID testing, mm-hmm. and so we um, we were and like getting the test and getting all the paperwork done and all of that because we were coming from Spain to Italy, so Italy requires us to take a test upon arrival. So. We finally, we got the appointments, we went down to the hospital, we got the test, which was pretty easy and uneventful, mm-hmm. except for the fact that they told us it would be three days before we get the results. Yeah. So, um... Minimum. Minimum. <laughs> so, that's why we're now at Anchor, by stuck. ourselves, stuck quarantine in isolation. <laughs> um, the boat's checked in, but we're in quarantine until we get the results, and honestly, we just wanted to leave the marina. Um, yeah. I mean, the marina is... Well, first, we cannot we get ashore. <laughs> we can't enjoy it, yeah. And it will be nice and to it's visit Cagliari. Yeah. It's expensive. Uh, you have the boats rolling. You have all kind of noises. Marinas so, stink, I mean, too. They're, like, smelly. <laughs> I mean, I like, you know, doing laundry and stuff, but it smells really bad. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we're rolling here a little bit, uh, but yeah. um, it's going to calm down soon, and, and then it'll be pretty peaceful tonight. But, yeah, so much better to be here in, in yeah. open space than to be stuck between two boats where... Where one, you, one of them, you're... <laughs> yeah, the fenders, all like, night, rubbing at each other. On each other. Yeah. there is no freaking space. And then you've got... Then we had the big scrape on the side of the guy's boat that was staring at us the whole time we were there. Yeah, because you're looking at it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, we're like, we need to go. Goodbye, and, see and, you later. And, and they are your neighbors. I and, know. And they ended up, like... They ended up being really, really nice, nice and being yeah. very helpful and and so uh it's just would have been a whole different experience <laughs> if that so little bad. thing had not happened but so in the grand scheme of things yeah i mean it's uh, it's yeah yeah we, we're able to have like some relationship with yeah. those people and be nice to each other and you were so good you were like chit-chatting and i was just like avoiding eye contact <laughs> you know, I was so well they, they, they were french and yeah. so we ended up speaking yeah. french and yeah um, but um, yeah, it's better. It's more healthy to be here. So, biggest lessons learned, I guess, with the training wheels off. You know, we learned a lot in the last week or so. I mean, um, just. Well, I think we learned a lot in the last week. We learned a lot in the last, you know, month. Yeah, for sure. We learned a lot in the last two months. Yeah. So. And here it's the same thing, you know, between, you know, the sailing that is the easy part yeah. and then knowing about the boat system, knowing about weather, knowing How about med moorings work about and med mooring, yeah. about so much. Um, yeah. So it's a good way to look at it to say, you know... Uh, We're freshmen. I'm a freshman. <laughs> I, I'm like a freshman who got into a college I shouldn't be at. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I have no business being here. Um, no, but I, I feel like we're. But learning it's good a lot. because yeah. now it, it says okay. If you take the you continue the analogy, you know, like okay, to get a degree is four years, mm-hmm. and you know you're taking some classes as a freshman, and then you'll take more complex classes as a sophomore, and so forth. So I think it puts some pressure away, you know, to not have the expectation of learning everything in the first month. Especially, the, well, the advanced things like med mooring, I think that's pretty in in tight spaces with weird configurations. I think is is more of an advanced maneuver and. You know, some people are going to argue and say, oh, that's the easiest thing in the world. Even the guy was saying, this is a really easy maneuver. I don't know why why this happened. And it's like, yeah, w- we can see that it looks easy. But with everything going on, that it, it just didn't work out that way to be easy. Yeah. You know? right. So anyway, so that's a big lesson, I guess. Anything else you want to share? Our next plan is logistically first to wait for that email. Uh, that, that we're back in to that we are COVID negative Italy. free yeah. that will allow us to step ashore so that that's the first thing and visit Italy basically and, and yeah. yeah and yeah so today's Wednesday so that's 48 hours so we're hoping that maybe tomorrow we get an email um, so we're going to be at Anchor we might stay at the same anchorage tomorrow as well um, until we get that email, we're just going to hop from Anchorage to Anchorage. Um, and our next plan, we've made the decision now, is to basically go from Sardinia to northern part of Sicily and to um, exit the Schengen area. We will spend time a month, about a month, in Montenegro. So that's we can discuss how we've come to that decision in the next podcast but Mm -hmm. i mean we went we have gone all the way around we're like oh tunisia oh you know turkey oh (laughs) no not turkey (laughs) tunisia oh not tunisia montenegro no it was was turkey montenegro tunisia i don't know we've been all turkey yeah but i think we finally decided (laughs) cross our fingers we did because we bought the pilot books now so now we're committed right yeah yeah so um, yeah, so that's the plan. So we're headed towards the direction of Sicily and uh, northern Sicily, and then around the little boot. boot. Yeah. <laughs> so that should be fun. Okay. Cool. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Fair winds for now.